Well, the entire game felt like it was on fast forward, but the Nashville Predators somehow come out with a big 5-4 to four win over the Colorado Avalanche, the team they could see next week in the postseason, depending on how things can go. Uh, one of the big stories, David Riddick. You know, what did you think of his performance? Do you feel a little bit more confident with him maybe as a backup? And what does that mean for Connor Ingram's start tonight against the Arizona Coyotes? Plus, it's Friday. That means Anne has cookies for our Preds Player of the Week. We will get to that today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at onthefourcheck.com. Well, the good news last night, Ann, uh, no matter how the game turned out, uh, nothing the Predators did would wind up being the stupidest thing in Nashville <laughs> sports over the oh, past gosh. 24 hours and so. Oh, it was it was brutal last night between the tension of the Predators game and then what the heck with AJ Brown? Yeah, you you finally you've you haven't had a good like number one receiver since Derek Mason. You finally get like a guy who's maybe was one of the top five, six receivers Mm -hmm. in the entire league last year. Yes. And then, you know, it's like like not even starting to negotiate it's just like oh he wants too much let's let him go oh y'all pay the man pay the man uh this is and somebody mentioned it's like the curse of philadelphia sports like lives on in nashville we had the shea weber uh it, it all started with the shea weber negotiation like the the yes the restricted free agent deal and it's been all downhill with Philadelphia ever since. Yeah, our, our our friend Tyler Roland over at Locked On Titans, I'm sure, is having a field day uh, with content this morning because bless of that. his heart. I mean, what do you even? And so bad, so, so bad. bad. It's like they don't want it. They don't want it. Yeah. Uh, well, luckily, we had something to cheer us up. The Predators beat the Colorado Avalanche. It's been a long 24 hours, people. It's been a long, <laughs> I guess, entire week. Yes. Uh, yeah, the Preds beat them 5-4 to four in a shootout, a back-and-forth game all night. A game that actually started pretty bad for the Predators, oh. but actually got better as the game went on. Uh, and then Matt Duchesne. Of course, it's Matt Duchesne. Against, Come on. against the avalanche. Come uh, gets, on. Gets the shootout winner. And what's your one word to describe the game? So my one word is food related. And it takes me Let's back go. to a recipe that I have made so many times for my family, but I always go through the same mental process and it's called poppy seed chicken. Have you ever had poppy seed chicken? Uh, it's like a casserole. I haven't, but go ahead. Okay, so what you do when you make this is you cook chicken, you cut it up, you cube it up, you throw it in a bowl. In the bowl go cans of cream of chicken soup. In the bowl go poppy seeds. In the bowl goes sour cream. And you stir it all up and you're looking at this and you're like, there is no way 
that this is going to turn out good. And okay. I, every single time I cook it, I'm like, I don't think this is like, I don't think this is going to be good. And then in another bowl, you melt butter and crunch up Ritz crackers. You put the chicken mix in, you put the butter and Ritz crackers on the top, you put it okay. in the oven and you're like, I don't, I don't, I don't know that my people will eat this, even though they eat it every time, but you take it out of the oven and you serve it and we never have leftovers. And so the game reminded me of the process of making that poppy seed chicken because what it started out as, I'm like, this needs to go into garbage. Like that we just need to put this into garbage. Nobody is gonna, nobody is gonna like this. And by the end, we're just eating it up. So my one word for last night was poppy seed chicken. Do you remember earlier in the year, I can't remember what game it was, but I compared one of the Preds games to pineapple casserole. I still can't talk about it. Still not okay. Have you not? Yeah, okay. We got to, we got to get you to try uh, pineapple casserole at some point. I mean, it's the same thing just with pineapple and like brown sugar instead of like chicken. Yeah, that's a big difference. Like you oh, don't and there's just... cheese. And there's cheese. That makes it worse. I'm just it is not. Okay. <laughs> this is this is the second worst take you've had today. We'll... Oh, oh. Now I've been right on both takes today. And you know, we'll we'll let our listeners decide who is right. But yeah, the pineapple you can't just substitute pineapple and cheese for chicken and expect something to be okay. It's del- if you try it, I, I think you'll be hooked. That's a big if. Uh, so my one word it comes from the film Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> as we as we go into Anne's worst take of the day, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, apparently you do not like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Um, I really don't like. I liked the book, okay, but when you see it come to life, you're like, that dude is on a watch list. You know, we have a good friend who's a sex crimes detective, and I'm like, he knows okay. Willy Wonka. Okay, let's let's not Mm -mm. bash Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka as some kind of sex crimes guy. Look, red flags everywhere, gives away free chocolate, invites them in, bribes them with things. Like, there is so many red flags when you really step back and look at Willy Wonka. It's like, this is why kids get in vans looking for puppies. Like, it's just unsafe. He's unsafe. Awful awful take. (laughs) That is an awful take. It's um, just what's real. Yeah. So there's a there's a scene from that movie. Uh, there, there's no way we can continue talking about <laughs> hockey now. I'm sure. But yeah, let's we're give gonna it, regroup. Let, let's give it a shot. So there's yeah. a scene from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. He's in like he's like got the kids and his parents. I would like to highlight and their parents. And he's not inviting children to just romp around a factory with them by themselves. Yeah, they're super not great vision. parents. Not great parents, uh, but go ahead. So he's like doing this thing where he's like experimenting with like some sort of like candy concoction. It's like a big smoking pot. Um, you know, he's like dumping all these ingredients. He drops like a shoe in there kind of, and he like stirs it all up and he like takes a spoon out and kind of like taste it. And somebody's like, is it any good? And he like kind of thinks for a second, nods his head and goes, Yeah. the yeah is my one word because when you take a step back and look at this game you know there's a lot to not like like some things to not like about it but like in the grand when you kind of take a step back and look at the grand scheme of it the big picture you're kind of like 
okay, I can be actually very, very happy with that game. You know, and, and there, there's, yeah. again, there's some parts of it that I think we, we need to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a, a couple of things like penalties are still a persistent oh problem for Nashville. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you hated the start, but you love the way the Preds bounce back, too. I mean, really from mm -hmm. and there's a turning point I want to talk about in a little bit, but really from like maybe halfway through the second period on, you can make the argument the Preds really dominated the last half of the game and really kind of turned the tide there. And by the end of it, you kind of look and say, you know what? They actually, it, this isn't a win they stole or sort of lucked out mm -hmm. on. This is a win they actually really, really earned. I would agree with that. And what I like about this game too is that Colorado played all of their stars. They rested no one. They had something that they were playing for. And so this really was a head-to-head -head matchup. And I would agree with you. I think at points in this game, Nashville was out playing Colorado in certain areas and it really sort of tripped them up. It was a pretty effective game at points for Nashville. I agree. I don't think this was a stolen game. I think this was an earned game. Yeah. Um, one person who I think really earned um, a bit, a big win last night was David Riddick. Um, yes. We'll talk about his game in just a little bit. What did we like about him? John Hines uh, had some glowing things to say, and it kind of makes you think about the Preds' goaltending situation uh, moving ahead to the playoffs because there may potentially be some bad news with UC Saros. We'll get into all of that in a second, but first, a reminder that summer is coming up, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. That's why Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you pretty much anywhere you go. Family vacations, day at the park, social events, sports games, whatever. All you have to do is throw them in your bag, in your kids' backpacks. Make sure everyone has a bar so they are fueled for their summer adventures. The best part about Bill Bars, they're healthy and delicious, so you do not have to sacrifice delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to built.com and order now. Check out the puffs. The puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate with lots of different flavors, uh, banana cream pie, even churro. If you want a protein bar that tastes like a churro and they're only 140 calories, sign me up up if that's not enough flavor for you that you try the mix box get uh get some different flavors in there see what you like best the mix box comes with 12 different flavors of bars and puffs so bill bar make sure there's something for everyone all bill bars are low in calories low in sugar low in net carbs but high in protein so it's a lot better than a candy bar even though it tastes like a candy bar so try it yourself go to built.com and get all of your favorites in fact there's new flavors coming out all the time so be sure to check out built.com often to see what's new while you're there use promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So, and the big story, kind of going into last night's game, really the big story for the Preds yes. this entire stretch right now is the goaltending situation. Uh, David Riddick, we, we've been critical of him kind of on this podcast before, um, was very critical of the way he ended the game <laughs> against Calgary. Ooh. He, so rough. Get, he gets the start in Colorado last night. Um, what did you think of his performance? 
You know, it started off very um, not reassuring. He, there were two early goals in the first period. Of course, the Predators commit a penalty within the first two minutes of the game. Colorado scores on a power play goal. And those were okay goals, but they were goals that you kind of wish he had been able to see and get. And it sort of started me thinking like, are, is this going to get out of hand? Are we just, is he not going to be able to be, you know, is he, is it confidence? Is it, he's not seeing the game well? Is it he's rusty? But I really feel like Riddick settled in and he had a lot to overcome. You know, he had the early goals, the one goal that like literally dropped from the rafters. I still don't quite yeah. understand what happened, but kind of dropped and went right down his kinda, back. Yeah, kind of looked like it like got caught in a jersey somewhere almost. Yeah. Kinda, like trickled down. Yeah. So that's it it was just a, one of those bizarre goals that I think could be very deflating for a goaltender. And yet I feel like he did a really good job down the stretch and he didn't he settled in. It's like you could almost feel him settling in and you know, he had some huge saves in the third period. Colorado had a couple pushes. He had some great saves. And this game goes to a shootout. And I think everybody, you know, who follows the Predators is like Riddick in a shootout. This is not, you know, ideal. You want your starter in the shootout. But by dang, he kept everything out of that net. And I think it was a huge confidence boost for him. And and rightly so. You know, now my question is, did he earn the playoff starting spot with this performance? Or do you think it was even ever in question? Do you think the Predators were all, you know, are all, you know, just going to go Riddick no matter what? I don't think they're going to go Riddick no matter what, but I do think this may have made them feel better about turning to Riddick um, if that's the route it's going to go. And it, mm -hmm. it does sound like that is the route they're going to go, uh, according to our buddy Alex Doherty over at A to Z Sports, longtime OTF head honcho. Um, he, he had a league source say that uh, UC Saros has a high ankle sprain. Uh, normal timetable is four to six weeks for those. Of mm -hmm. course, that depends on the person. They're still very much hopeful. Maybe UC Saros is superhuman and can come back from that early. But, you know, it, it sounds like either Riddick or Connor Ingram, who we're going to see tonight, is going mm -hmm. to get at least some time as the starting goaltender in the postseason. Um, and so... Yeah, I think from Riddick's point last night, it was confidence was kind of the big thing. And we talked about that yesterday morning on our show. You know, whoever, you know, you could read a lot into what the Predators are thinking moving forward based on who they put against Colorado. Yeah. Um, and you can make a strong argument that either one really would have made sense. But mm -hmm. from Riddick's point of view, it's like, you know, okay, you had this, you haven't played a lot this even season we haven't really trusted you a lot just because you've been struggling we kind of need you now your calgary game didn't go good we're gonna put you out there against the best team in the conference a offensive juggernaut and we're just mm -hmm. gonna see what you can do and you can kind of feel like you know a, a little bit early we're like uh-oh you know yeah this is not good even though some of those early goals you you don't really pin on riddick right uh, Right. You know, especially, you know, Kale McCarr on the power play. Why would you give the Avalanche a power play that early in the game? Mm -hmm. um, on kind of a reckless penalty, I would say. Yes. Um, and then, as you said, it's like, you know, the more really good chances he faced, you know, there was a couple of them where it was just he faced a couple of good chances 
um, that he kind of got by fluke. Like it was just like shot into his chest or went wide of the net, but that seemed to sort of help him build confidence. And the more the puck stayed out of the net, the more kind of plays he stole, so to speak, like the more he went out there and it's like, okay, that's just not a goalie being in the right place at the right time. That's just a goalie going out and making a really good save to keep the goal out of the net. Yeah. Now, one thing that did sort of concern me as I watched through this game is that Riddick lets a lot of rebounds go. Yes. And that's one of those things that would, would love to see him be able to snag that first shot and hold it because there were definitely some rebound chances. And he handled that well, and the Predators handled that well and were able to get there and kind of clear it. But rebound control will be something that gonna want to kind of watch in the postseason because either team Colorado or Calgary can take advantage of that if Riddick isn't ready and if the defense doesn't help him out with that yeah so, then it's gonna be interesting to see Connor Ingram tonight so Ingram mm -hmm. it sounds like is going to get the start uh, against the Arizona Coyotes um, and it's gonna be an audition for him too because it, it doesn't sound like the predator, I would assume the predators are probably leaning Riddick for, for game one, whoever they play in the postseason. Um, but it's not, you know, a sure thing. So when you think about Connor Ingram, this is a guy who has been playing a lot. Yes. Albeit in the NA, the AHL. Mm -hmm. Um, he has looked very, very good in the games he's played so far. And you could also make the argument that maybe he should get consideration of playing because he's the guy on the team who's going to be here longer. All signs point to him being yeah. UC Soros as backup. Riddick is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. Um, so it's, you know, the counterpoint to Riddick starting yesterday was, well, you know, why don't you see what Ingram can do? Right. So I think if Ingram goes out against the Coyotes, who, you know, somehow have gotten <laughs> some very, very good wins over the they past have. month. Um, and if he plays really, really well against the Coyotes, then, you know, if you're John Hines, you have a little bit more of a luxury. You can kind of pick and choose who you want. And I think in the situation the Predators are looking at, if Saros is out four to six weeks, if he's out for this first series, you have to wonder, is David Riddick ready to play a full series? You know, he really has not had a lot of ice time. And so I think the Predators really want to see some something from Ingram tonight, some reassurance that they will be able to have two goaltenders available for the first series. Because Riddick hasn't, you know, he just has not been on the ice that much. So Tonight is important for Ingram on a number of levels, but I think tonight is very important for the Predators because I'm not sure this team feels like Riddick is going to be the guy in every game as long as they're in the playoffs. So big night tonight for Connor Ingram and that. Yeah, so I'm very interested to see how that goes. Uh, still a couple of things from last night's game that I want to talk about. Uh, Roman Yossi's highlight reel goal. How oh. crazy was that? Uh, plus more history for a couple of Preds. 
I love it. But first, want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. You can find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including the basketball playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. So, Anna, what point do you think this rash of penalties? Oh, my gosh. Do you think it's ever going to be addressed by John Hines? Because it really, and correct me if I'm wrong here, it just seems like when any anybody, like be it a reporter, a national media, anybody brings up penalties, it's kind of dismissed. Mm-hmm. Or like yeah, downplayed a little bit. Like John Hines is like we we've heard him. He is so open. Like he is one of the most like mm-hmm. refreshingly candid coaches I think the Predators have had. Yeah. Um, and really one of the most candid coaches in the entire NHL. I would be saying he's a straight shooter. He does not half step, as our good friend Charlie Sonye likes to say. Yeah. Um, but it's it seems like whenever anybody asks him about penalties. You know, we get back to kind of the old hockey guy coach speak, you know, mm-hmm. the say something but not really say anything kind of thing. Yeah. Well, when you're in game 81 of an 82 game season and you commit six penalties and they are all relatively dumb, like yeah. high sticking, hooking, you know, uh, two, holding. Two really bad roughing calls, too. I like, mean, two avoidable roughing calls. Like the, just what are, what are you doing? And I understand that sort of the predator's line has been, we play a very physical game and sometimes you sort of go over the edge and it's a fine line with physicality and committing a penalty, but anyone games into the season and you're hooking and you're holding and you're dumb roughing like this, the penalties that we saw last night were not necessarily penalties that I think are because this team plays a physical game. And I'm not real sure a lot of the penalties we've seen lately are those kind of penalties. Six penalties last night. What it's baffling to me, you know, yay that the predators are able to overcome a bad habit like that and win a game in a shootout, but your luck's going to run out. And I know we're 81 games into an 82 game season, but stop doing the dumb penalties. Like that's an, uh, that's a concerning discipline thing for me. Yeah. And I think when you like, let's, let's take the, the two roughing calls out of it. The Colton Sissons mm-hmm. one of the, oh my gosh. one, uh, because I think they're dumb and we're no, we know they're dumb. Right. Um, I think the concern is, you know, a lot of the stick penalties, you know, and like the yes. betting hold, like right, basically in the early throngs of the game, mm-hmm. um, you know, the trips, the slashes, the stuff like that. Um, I know, you know, the company line has kind of been, you know, we, we play on the edge, you know, sometimes we're going to take those calls, but we're not going to really change who they are. To me, that's like, you're doing that because you're getting beat, you know? Yes. You, you can't slow down Nicholas Abel Kube of all people. And so you, you have to hold him 
to to get a handle on them. That to me, I think is a bigger concern. And it's just like bad discipline too. And yes. I know that, you know, the Preds mindset is kind of YOLO. We're going to be aggressive. Sometimes we're going to get penalized and it's going to be up to us to kind of dig ourselves out of that. Um, maybe you can do that against some teams. You're not going to do that mm-hmm. in a seven game series against the Avalanche or the Calgary Flames. So I think from Agreed. that end, that is something I wish I would see John Hines maybe be a little bit more publicly adamant about. Yes. And hopefully he is adamant about it in the locker room, but they are not picking up what he is putting down because they just keep committing these dumb penalties. Now it was a very physical game. Predators had 42 hits and you really could tell that it sort of started to wear a little bit on Colorado, which was good shots on goal. You know, it was 46 to 37 in favor of Colorado. And at one point, the Predators, a lot of offense, it's a lot of offense. And at one point the Predators were far behind in shots on goal, but once they kind of started getting momentum, they could generate some zone time and some good chances. So, you know, there were some things to like. I will say one of my favorite things that has happened all season for the Nashville Predators is Philip Forsberg breaking the crossbar. <laughs> he yeah. broke it and they duct taped it. Like, I am here for this. That was incredible. He he did. He had a very flirty relationship with the posts last oh, night, it seems like. Yes. Philip Forsberg had a couple of shots, like the one that uh, they had the delay because they had to fix the crossbar. Yeah, um, yeah. He had the other one in overtime that just sort of pinged off the side of the net. Um, you know, you, you very easily could have seen Philip Forsberg winning that a couple mm-hmm. of times uh, if the puck had just been like, you know, a, an inch or two either direction. Yes. Um, you know, to me, and you had talked about it, seeing the Preds kind of break down Colorado and really ramp up as the game went on. Um, to me, the turning point was Roman Yossi's goal mm. late in the second period, that sort of individual effort. Yes. Um, basically, you know, it, it was one of those where it was like initially ruled no goal because it looked like Roman Yossi scored with himself and not with the puck. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then and then they reviewed it and they, they called it a good goal. But that sort of individual high energy play really boosts a team. And when yes. you kind of look at where the Preds were in the game beforehand, you know, they were down three to one in the first battled back. I think had a really good start to the second period to make it three to two Colorado scored right after that. Um, and it looked like that second or that fourth Colorado goal kind of sucked the wind out of the sails a little bit. Yes. Um, yep. You know, it was kind of had the feeling of, okay, well, you know, they, they're back in control now. They got the momentum. And then that sort of individual play from Ro- Roman Yossi, when you see your captain kind of making just an individual effort play like that and a play he, you know, conventional wisdom would have just said, you know, just kind of dump it in. Right. Maybe pressure, get reset. For him to make that play, that really seemed to send a message to the team. And you could really see the energy come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, you know, we, we talked about the Preds dominating from the series. Like, the game went on. From that point on, it was all Preds. Like, it was yes. all Preds. Uh, Colorado had chances here and there. But the Preds were by far the better team after that play. You know, we talk a lot on the show about statement wins, but this really was a statement play. And it was like Roman Yossi 
is going to define how the rest of this game is going to go in a way that only Roman Yossi can do. Forsberg and Duchesne have had amazing games. They had great games last night too, but there is something about Roman Yossi's season and there is something about just his leadership and his ability to just perform magic almost that really resets things for this team. And like you said, you saw it in this game. He just decided had enough of this shit and was like, here we go. Pardon yeah. the language, but you know, I'm YOLO. sure he doesn't say that, you know, I know no, he doesn't he, say he that. He is a good, nice. a good Swiss man. That's a right. Good he friendly Swiss that. man. But um, it, so, it was, it, it was big. Yeah. Uh, speaking of big season finale tonight against Arizona, uh, basically if the Preds win, uh, they are the first wild card seed. Mm -hmm. Uh, in fact, if, if they get points of, well, no, actually not really sure. Basically. Yeah. If you're the Preds, just win, just, just win the thing. If you're the Preds. Fact. Fact. Uh, Yeah. Uh, anything special you're looking for tonight other than Connor Ingram? There's a couple things that kind of have a little bit of a in my gut when we're looking at this Arizona game. And I spent some time last night talking with our counterpart at Lockdown Coyotes, Robin. And Robin was saying, you know, this is a high emotion game for Arizona. So tonight is the last game in Gila River Arena. This is the last game. They have a, yeah, I mean, there's big feelings about that on a number of levels, as, as Robin shared. But Arizona has a ton of, you know, unrestricted free agents. This team is not going to look the same start of next season. And, you know, this is a team that's played spoiler this week. I mean, you look at it, they took St. Louis to overtime. They beat Minnesota five to three. They beat Dallas, thank you, on Wednesday in overtime. So they're okay with kind of screwing with things. Like they're here for the chaos and I think Nashville has to be ready for that. This is not a coast game. This is not a, oh, thank goodness we got through Colorado. We just have to crank this one out. No, you. I mean, the Predators have got to come out. And this is a good chance to play a game where you don't commit dumb penalties. This is a good chance to play a game where you're defensively responsible. Like, let this be a game that sets the tone for how the team will perform in the postseason. So I'm looking for that. I'm looking for postseason-level game by the Nashville Predators. And, of course, watching for Connor Ingram and Net as well. Yeah, I mean, to me, you you want to see the Predators not take their foot off the gas at all, mm-hmm. uh, yes. because they're they're in the phase now where they're going to be playing every other day in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is this is kind of the thing where it's you know you're gonna want to come out with the same energy you had the night before when you played a very emotional game. Can the Predators kind of handle? the emotion of the Colorado game, put it behind them and go out and get an important win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Preds have already clinched. They don't have to worry about their playoff spot, but there is something at stake here. They have sure. control of their playoff destiny. So um, yeah. So you're, this is still a meaningful game. Can you go out and perform, you know, one night after already playing an equally emotional important game that to me is going to be the x factor um and yeah you know arizona i'm sure there's going to be a lot of uncertainty 
after this season. Uh, you mentioned the Coyotes have a lot of unrestricted free agents. They also have mm-hmm. kind of a lot of young guys in the lineup. Yes. Um, a lot of people are going to be playing for spots. A lot of people are going to be wanting to prove that they're part of this rebuild moving forward. So there's a lot of stuff at stake for them um as mm-hmm. well so yeah this is this is a game the predators are definitely going to want to be on their toes yeah this is not a nothing game so for both teams so the predators are going to have to come out and execute really well yeah so we'll have to see uh that is a uh, going to be an important game tonight uh, of course on monday the regular season will be over and we'll have playoff hockey to discuss so don't miss monday show got a couple of things in store we'll of course have uh, some crossover episodes with whoever the predators play our counterpoints there um so yeah it is going it's going to be a very interesting weekend for sure for the nashville predators uh so be sure you're back here monday to catch up with all of the action in the meantime and where can the fine people find your work online you can find my work at onthevorecheck.com and you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. I'm Nick Morgan. You can find me at onthevorecheck.com. Also, be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. And if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to drop a like on the video and uh, comment. Let us know what you thought of the episode today, uh, whether you would like to see Riddick or uh, Connor Ingram in the playoffs, or if you just have a random topic you want us to discuss down the road, or if you agree with me and think Willie Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is an absolute gem. Either way, just just drop us a comment. That's going to do it for us today on the Locked on Predators podcast. We really need to get out of this show (laughs) as soon as Wrap this up. Thank you, everybody, for making us your first listen of the day. Uh, go check down the Locked, uh, the Locked On NHL channel for all the rest of our great shows. Have a good weekend, everybody. We'll see you.